0: Hello, dear friends. Welcome to this new episode of the Pearl Dialogues. My name is Wazi, and together with Eileen, I host this podcast, The Pearl Dialogues, where we explore the nature of reality through the lens of the diamond approach. And today's episode, we have Naya Key coming on which is, in my heart and in my view, such a beautiful soul who shares a lot of deep wisdom. And uh, we explore the topic of competition. We talk about the Enneagram. We talk about the art of evolution, the art of growing, personal growth, the different ways one can come into this teaching and also uh, the thread of guidance, how one can be guided into this such a rich expansive conversation with a lot of beauty and joy that's how i experienced it so i'm looking forward to share this with you for those of you who are new to this teaching i have created a intro page to the diamond approach which you can find on yodacommunity.org the link will be in the show notes Also, as always, if we talk about words, you don't understand terminology, Diamond Approach terminology, we actually have a glossary where you can find any word that we talk about that is Diamond Approach lingo, and you can find a whole library of uh, descriptions and definitions of these concepts. That will also be in the show notes. As always, I invite you to sense your arms and legs while listening this is something we actually talk about in this particular conversation to give you an in-depth view into that particular practice both from a personal point of view and also the practice itself as it is taught in the diamond approach so yeah i wish you a wonderful ride with this and yeah enjoy So I feel moved to ask you about your initial journey into the diamond approach.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel um, what do I want to say? It's like the diamond approach has been calling me for a long time in the sense that from a really early age, I there was a way that I I knew that I came from like a real glory, and I was um, looking for that again, and I went through a number of different quite um, committed serious paths and they kind of ran out of road for me in a sense. I mean I benefited greatly, hugely. But around about 50 years old, I was looking for something really you know, would really hold me, would really um <laughs> you know, wouldn't just sort of give me a few things and then say run along, you know, that was really gonna be um the kind of full commitment that the Diamond Approach asks for and provides. It's a co-commitment, like the school and the teachers just keep on giving. Right. <clears throat> so there it was. And I happened on, upon it through a therapist who was doing things with me that it was like, whoa, what's she, what she got? <clears throat> you know, where's she been? And it turned out she was actually in the teacher training for the Diamond Approach. And then I just went, okay, let's find my way. And there was an open group in Seattle and uh, I was accepted into the group. And that was uh, the year 2000. So never really looked back after my first retreat. It was, I don't think I even asked myself, is this for me? It was just like, we're off. (laughs) <laughs> i like that i like that
2: <laughs> i like that i lot. <laughs> <We're off. Yeah. laughs>
1: i know yeah well when this when this path is for you i mean you kind of i think some of us really know it right off the bat
0: yeah for sure,
2: mm-hmm. for, yeah. sure. for sure
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and the mirroring you you speak about in terms of the commitment is also a very interesting inquiry because the level of commitment in every student can vary uh from from person yeah, to person yeah. as well
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but if you really step into the full flow of the teaching you uh, realize that it is it it's a powerhouse, and you can just it'll can take you. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> I think,
0: I mean, over the I, in my case, it is over the um, the last I would say two three years where I've mm-hmm. really come to understand what you just said there, how the teaching is uh-huh. a powerhouse.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I really feel that about you, do, you know, doing this project. Yeah. I mean, do it if you weren't in a love affair. Mm. You, this, is, this is yours to do and to demonstrate and to give and yeah, it's lovely. Wow.
2: Yeah, I feel <laughs> very touched by
0: that mirroring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, yeah, my heart really activates when you speak when you say that when you say that for sure yeah Yeah. vibrantly
1: yeah good good that's as it should be (laughs) in a sense yeah we don't like to use that word should in the diamond approach but but when it's aligning right when it's really aligning with the truth with what's real then Mm. yeah it's as it should be Mm. yeah
0: yeah hmm and from what I hear, you say that you have a remembrance, or at at an early age, you had a remembrance of something deeper, something more profound than the ordinary world. You could say,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: how would you? Does that have a context uh, other than uh, that is, or in addition to this teaching? Is there any? Uh, other avenues on any parallel dimensions or uh, views
1: yeah what an interesting question I think it's it's the common thread I mean I'm not really talking you know people refer to that thing called the perennial philosophy and a lot of people think oh all the paths are the same and you know they're really all just all one and that's not exactly what I'm saying but at a really fundamental, fundamental level, the depth of reality doesn't differ from path to path. So, you know, the fingers are all pointing maybe to slightly different phases of the moon, in a sense, if you know that metaphor. Mm. But, the current underneath that carries us all is the same current. So that's that's what comes up for me when you ask, is there another dimension? I mean, I feel like I just simply was fortunate to um, have the kind of environment that I was born into, that was sufficiently open that I could linger in that current for a little while, you know, as a very, very, very young being, like I'm talking, you know infancy, two years old, that kind of thing. I was allowed to be in a kind of reverie, in a kind of absorption from time to time. That was that, in a sense, memory recognition of the origin. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah yeah it's so beautiful you know one thing that's resonating me which is i I, i'm really in touch with you in terms of uh, what you're sharing about the depth and the the depth we all share and all spiritual traditions in a sense share the same depth Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or the one depth um at the same time when I when I feel your presence in a personal way, I get this I get this angelic sense I get this uh, galactic some higher order kind of uh, energy coming through. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how those words compute in 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 your in your location. However, there is, there is a particular quality to your expression which i very much appreciate there is a kind of elegance and a kind of i mean i've met with uh, many teachers now over the course and and everyone has a different blueprint yet at the same time i also find that certain blueprints share a similar um, category of of incarnations you could say I don't know if that makes sense to you. Do you
1: understand what I'm saying? Families, in a sense. Yeah. Family resemblance. And different
0: constellations, you could say, of human beings who have similar characteristics or threads of expression and manifestation as if we also, in addition to being humans, on a human level, I feel the physical expression is that we look different and some people look alike and that there is a, there is a kind of connectivity in, in looking, looking alike. But I also feel that the soul has a similar signature that can resonate and has a particular expression. That's what's has gone for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think, yeah, there's the sort of the family resemblances amongst people and, and they're, and they're different. they are different families. they are different tribes. They're, different enneotypes, you know, there's all yeah. sorts of different ways to articulate that. The, this, the similarity, the, the the resonance, the um, the relation, you know, that, that we have with one another, and we're going to really resonate with one person, and maybe not so much with another, or somebody's got a galactic presence, and someone else has an earth presence, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) This is it. This is it. Yeah, which is very
1: interesting. It is, isn't it? I mean, it's you know nature, true nature, nature. You know, it's so abundant, so multifarious, right? There's no end. You know, the snowflakes are all different. They're all snowflakes, Mm -hmm. but each one, there's just no end to the originality. Yeah, the profusion.
0: A lot of beautiful <laughs> multi Multifarious? Did you say that? Yes,
1: multifarious. Yes. I've never
0: heard that before.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, but you get the meaning, though, don't you?
0: I do get multi- the meaning.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a
0: beautiful word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Multifarious. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah,
1: love <well>, It's yours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh- and one yeah. thing that struck me <clears throat> and that i found uh, that i or was highlighted when i read your teacher profile was how you at some point dedicated yourself to sensing constantly
2: mm-hmm.
0: that constant mm-hmm. that dedication commitment to sensing yourself constantly i would yeah. love to hear more about your journey with that mm-hmm. and where you find yourself to be with that practice
1: yeah yeah well right now i'm finding myself to be needing to rededicate myself to the practice and i and um i remember one of my early teachers said the sensing practice is a beginning practice and it's an advanced practice so it's a practice that you never leave It's a practice that never stops giving. It's a practice that never stops bringing you closer and closer and closer to to presence itself. So, um, you know, my belly center was the least developed um, when I came into the work in the first many, many years of the work. And I realized, you know, I was missing a big part of myself.
2: Right?
1: I just, even though I was meditating every day, and I was inquiring, and I was going out to all the workshops, and it was all sparking and a lot of emotionality, a lot of heart, um, heart work. And uh, but there was a way that I wasn't, there was more. There was. I just knew there was more and that the sensing practice was the portal. And I just went after it. I just committed myself
2: and, and it opened the way
1: to being affected and imprinted and moved. And under all that by the work, by the teaching, to a degree that didn't have anything to do with my ego. Right? A lot of the emotional work is clearing the egoic, you know, knots and wounds and pains. And the sensing work. I mean, I'm just thinking of this now. I've never said it or thought it before, but it seems like the sensing work really invites you to bypass your emotional, egoic, you know, and your mind knots into an experience that's completely direct and completely accessible, right? All you have to do is sense yourself. It's not not something that... You know, you know how to do instantly. Like most of us are sensing from our head, and we don't know what it's like to be our big toe in a in a real way. But once, once I got it that my flesh could sense my flesh, that I wasn't a head, just a head and a heart. Um, it brought me into the world. We talk about being in the world, right? Not of it but we're in it and we're a body in it. We're a whole electromagnetic bio, you know, physiological miracle in the world. And the more, the more we are cognizant of that, that's a weird word to use because it's a mental word, but the more in contact, the more we inhabit, the more we set our consciousness saturates that, um what we call our physicality, the more real everything becomes. So there's there's the journey. And I'm I'm renewing it now because somehow I'm feeling a, a, an expansion of the potential of that practice. Mm-hmm. You get to a point where you're just doing it, right? It's natural, but then you can start taking it for granted in a sense. And you and so right now I'm feeling like there's there's more.
2: Mm.
1: That looks like it's landing Wazi.
2: Very well. Very well. That's such a beautiful
0: transmission. Beautiful transmission and I mean, some people listening to this, every episode or more or less every episode, I invite people to sense themselves while they're listening. You know, one thing is the intellectual benefit of listening to this podcast, but the transmission comes through um, on mm-hmm. a different level simultaneously with the intellectual stimulation. Um, mm-hmm. So I find, you know, to speak about this explicitly can be helpful for some some of the listeners. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: So with that, uh, I felt you Mm -hmm. gave a very wonderful insight into the practice, the depth of the practice, the potential of the practice. Um, How would you describe the practice itself?
1: Mm. Yeah. So I'm just sensing myself. Um, The expression that comes is i'll say i am i am presencing myself to myself in the moment and it has a um, boy i like that expression electromagnetic (laughs) for some reason today it has a palpability. Like when I practice, there's a palpability. Zarina, when she does, you know Zarina, probably. Anyway, she's one of the teachers. Um, When she guides people through the sensing practice, she refers to liquid light. Liquid light. And it's a flow of... When you think of consciousness as light, of like an illumination that is also palpable and present and is not separate from who and what we are. it's a whole dimension of our being. Hmm. Not in the classic diamond approach word for dimension, but you know what I mean it's a it's a realm.
0: -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And for context, those listening who are unfamiliar with that practice,
2: um,
0: this in some sense is the advanced experience of that practice—the liquid light. While Mm -hmm. initially it begins with simply sensing the sensation of the of the foot, sensing the foot as the foot, and. There is a particular practice that has an ancient uh, history uh, that the school uh, is a part of the school's methodology where one scans from the right foot upwards to the knee, to the thigh, up the right arm, over to the left arm, down, and then down to the left foot, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and and (laughs) that, that genuine sincerity in that practice and interest in actually experiencing what is happening and being with the simplicity of the expression that is taking place is a big part of the practice. And also how, at least at, in the beginning, and, and maybe for a long time for some people it, <clears throat> it differs that the, ten, the tendency to be distracted can you know activate and and i i reckon most people also have days with where essence is more available and 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 the the sensing practice is so effortless and other times where the mind is more distracted and agitated uh, which in some sense makes the practice more uh
2: choppy, if we're going to say, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That's, and I can tell that you really, um, you've practiced the practice, like, how is it for you? I'm curious, at this point in your work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you. So initially, before I came to the Diamond Approach, I practiced Vipassana. So the 10-day um, Vipassana silent retreats, I did that twice uh, in a year. That was my, that was my entry to sensing and it was a wonderful entry i am truly that was a great foundation for my meditation practice so when the diamond approach introduced the sensing looking and listening and the sensing in the arms and legs i had a platform or a foundational sense of that already uh, which was very helpful Mm -hmm. now i feel that I feel the availability that you speak about, the liquidity of of, of the sensing, and also the luminosity uh, in in the sensing, um, mm-hmm. and also the ab- ability to sense any part of my body and or any part of the field. You could say my eyeball, the organs inside, outside. So the de- how the how the sensing practice can become very detailed and very refined. You could say. Mm-hmm um and at the same time i do feel that there is a background of sensing in my everyday life that is that is you could say constant um that said i do also notice that at times uh or this is this this in of itself is a massive massive part of the process of of actualization uh when we speak about bringing our realization into everyday life yeah and how the sensing yeah. practice is integral to to that process and that that move that movement mm-hmm. and on in that arena i at some days some phases of my life is more effortless other phases of my life is difficult and uh you know there is emotionality there is so much distraction my mind can run away with this that and the other i live in the city center as well so energetically there is very little support for that practice i would say in oslo norway mm-hmm. Oslo, norway um, mm-hmm. although i i have a nice environment in my in my apartment um I do feel that there is so much activity in the city that can make it more challenging, actually, to to stay rooted in presence and to uh, to continuously be in remembrance or awareness of of being in that way.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. totally get that. <laughs> yeah, I used to live in the city of Vancouver. Ah, and a, a couple of years into the work. So I would be in my early fifties. I really started to feel all the refrigerators, in you know the million and a half refrigerators that were going off all the time, you know. Let
0: alone Wi-Fi and cell phones yeah. and all that.
1: All of it. Yeah. So I actually moved. I, I came out to a, a very small coastal town with mm-hmm. a ferry from the city, and yeah, it makes it difficult.
0: It makes a difference, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So I hear you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So I, I definitely feel that. Uh, how, how to live without a sensing practice, huh? How to live a full <laughs> life without a sensing practice? I, I, I don't know. I can't compute that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think maybe you can't.
2: <laughs> Maybe you, know, you can.
0: not I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't say I have the answer, but I just know from my, in my case, the sensing practice is so important. And uh, it, it's, I mean, it's so enriching, in, enriching to my consciousness, to my life. And also, yes. like you said, it can also b- bring a sense of neutrality. Uh, It can simplify things. It can uh, distribute one's consciousness, one's awareness, so that it's not so condensed into the emotionality, for instance. It can help it be more distributed. So there is a vast, vast, vast potential and, and of possibilities that comes with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said about it, that it can expand you. In a way, out into the world. Like we think of it as okay, I'm, it's easy to think of it as okay, I'm sensing myself. Yeah. Sensing self with my boundaries and my skin, and this is it. This is where I am. But paradoxically, it really opens you up.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: To what, you know, what we call the external. Yeah. So I love it that you brought that up. Yeah yeah and
0: actually, something comes to mind here because I was bicycling earlier today as a kind as a kind of exercise workout, and I decided to to in some sense bicycle at maximum so maximum yep. speed huh? mm-hmm. It's very tiring after a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was uh, because I, I held you in my consciousness and what you said about the sensing practice and I really brought that with me while cycling
2: yeah.
0: and when the intensity increased of my experience and also the sensing experience, because I mean, you're using your muscles, it's starting to burn and, and the breath is is really rough somehow because the lungs are getting stimulated in whatever ways. <laughs> And then what I felt is I was being penetrated through the sensing practice. I was being penetrated by the intensity of that experience. So I was also in that being aware of how challenging it is to be sensing oneself in the intensity of experience and sensation. Mm-hmm. And how that can make what make 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 someone dim down or numb down or withdraw due to the intensity. So it is genuinely a practice that can expand in capacity as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, expand your capacity to be present to. Everything that's happening, whether it's your lungs feeling like "Ah," or yeah, your legs burning, and just allowing all of it, not having to go. Okay, I'm just going to keep going, and I'm going to get a grip, and I'm going to you know all that thing that we do Mm. to muscle through stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great example. Yeah, that's (laughs) good. Yeah, yeah, it really reminds me of something. There was a teacher meeting of our regional teachers last night, and um, we're talking about a particular thing and one of the teachers said this, which I just loved. I've never heard it before. One of her teachers said, said it to her. I just wrote it down because I was the note taker. If you want to develop, increase the necessity to get I mean, it's really worth, you know, like challenge yourself. You know, mm-hmm. move into something that's you know is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know
0: yeah oh, oy, oy, oy. yeah, that's yeah. a good one
2: that's it's a good imp- one this
1: is challenge the... <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you you know, yeah. going your your maximum. what's going to yeah. happen if I do that
0: yeah, mm-hmm. definitely
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: how yeah. how how do how do you apply that? How, how How did that touch you, and how would you apply it? or how do you want to apply it, perhaps?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because for me, um, it's a it's always it's a moving target, right? It's like how much is too much, how much is not enough in terms of what I take on in the world to do. So, you know, do I take that new student, for example, or do I apply to do some sort of teaching thing? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I do, I mean, historically, I've taken on challenge after challenge after challenge, like going to the seminary was huge, <laughs> you know, cause well, uh, it, it, it's very demanding. And I had to travel a long way, and it was it's very demanding. And I'm sort of going into story here, but anyway, maybe I need to. I started, um, I joined a choir about four years ago. Never been in a choir in my whole life, right? And it's quite a, it's a real serious choir with real music and performances and that kind of thing. Jane, and I also took on... Uh, one of the I do a lot in a school uh, service called Care, which you might have heard of. It's called the Communication Assistance Resource for Everyone. It's called Care, and we we have volunteers doing conflict resolution, basically, for school members who are in difficulties together. So I've taken on those challenges, and they felt like, yes, this is this is for me to do. Right? It's really clear where I get a little fuzzy actually is how much teaching I take on. Like mm-hmm. when am I full up and when can I take on more? And my superego can get involved there and my ego ideal, you know, I should and look at her. She's doing that, but I'm not doing this. And you know, it's, it gets a little fuzzy with that, but when I'm clear, I'm clear, but I have that, that space of, yeah. The, how much should I take on as a teacher? What's really good for me? What's really a contribution? What's um, what's real and true? Mm. What's the balance? Yeah.
0: I feel when you're speaking now, you're transmitting. This is my experience of how I receive it. You're mm-hmm. transmitting like a um, white golden light that it, the the I, I feel that there is such a purity of honesty and directness that you're communicating uh, that i really appreciate there is just this unfiltered openness that comes true in in terms of certain things that you're saying and sharing so openly in this space mm. and and i can feel the transmission of that and like i said it has this white light
1: uh, mm. yeah uh, nice yeah I've, of course I've listened to quite a few of, of the dialogues and you you have this capacity for to see you know to have that subtle seeing like the white light or the you know the pink or whatever it is that you're articulating in. how is that for you? I'm curious I don't really have that sometimes I have it but but you seem to have very consistently that kind of subtle vision. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, interesting. I, for a long time, I in, in all you know straightforwardness. I I for a long time I felt I, I don't have that. You know I can't uh- see anything. <laughs> then suddenly I just I, at some point I was thinking they can see. So why can't I, what can't I see? So I just started to lean into it. And then initially, initially I, I felt I was, I don't, I don't know if I was certain about what I was seeing, but I was just saying, okay, I'm seeing red. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the closest that I get. And then over time, it seems to have become more and more precise, and the seeing has become more and more developed. So now when I, when I sit with you, and I, there is a lot of clarity in terms of the transmission and it comes true with that shimmer and, 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 and the clarity of that white light. So it seems to, be, to have been a development for sure that I just yeah. leaned into, you know, more exactly. a little bit like a fool. <laughs>
1: well because you didn't let your doubt clamp down yeah said okay yeah there's a doubt but i'm going for it i'm gonna i'm just gonna look around and see what i see and share it and see what happens
0: basically like that (laughs) (laughs) it's actually the part of me that is a bit like um just go for it it's it's there there I mean, one one sub, sub sub archetype that I feel is integral to to my to my being and my blueprint is the one that I call the athlete. So there is oh, a yeah. part of me that is extremely athletic and in intre- I mean oriented in an athletic way. So I can relate to a lot of um, athletes in terms of their mindset and how they function and the way they optimize their life and prioritize and so forth. And there is also a a go for it attitude, just do it that attitude, which also is actually the the tagline of Nike or Nike. Yes,
1: it is. yeah, the right? Nike. Scene.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is something. There is something. There is a power in that. There is a power in that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Definitely. No, it's a propulsion. It's a momentum. It's a and it's. There's so much health in it. Like that's what yeah. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, positivity, health. Mm,
0: well said. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. Elite. Mm-hmm. Are you competitive? Is that part of it, or?
0: So, I would say by. So my Enneatype is Enneatype three.
1: Yeah. Originally, yeah. Huh?
0: Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and growing up, I was highly competitive highly competitive. And then I uh-huh. would say it has evolved, changed, matured. There is still competitiveness. And I can also see in myself, in terms of how I compete with myself, you could say mm-hmm. I mean the the thought and it can also be laden with superego at times. Um, but I feel it has an original original Uh, Rootedness in something deeper, which is the optimizing force. But something that can come up for me is is there anything more I can do to optimize my existence um, in alignment with the universal will or to? actualize my full potential so i will kind of scan all aspects of my life to see where am i where where am i lagging behind is there anywhere i can practice more sincerely or is there any way i can expand and and be more focused in whatever way in order to to have the best environment best possible environment to to develop and mature and evolve and so forth
1: Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. that's wonderful that is that is alignment with the optimizing force and also in it i can feel the you know this the enormous power of the survival drive mm. in service of the optimizing force right there it is just sort of supercharged with all of you right there's not a piece left sort of lingering going well i don't know whether i really want to you know or maybe there <laughs> is <laughs> yeah <laughs> not necessarily listening to that
0: part yeah 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 no, exactly it's not the dominant dominant voice uh yeah. that's for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good
1: um, Yeah. Woo-hoo. yeah <laughs> yeah well i could ask you more questions but maybe maybe that's not necessarily what we're doing Uh, exactly
0: i i that's it can flow different ways but i actually wanted to ask you is there any or is there any archetypes that you feel resonates with you i mean there are so many to to in our life and day but is there anyone that comes up for you in terms of something that's defined your existence in a personal way
1: um well, I hadn't thought of that before, but immediately when you ask the question, and it's a little embarrassing i i don't know embarrassing it seems a little grandiose, but it also feels true that it is the artist like that's that would be an archetype that I would really relate to, and you know I'm an Enneotype four, so that would also fit with with my fixation and I think what about it is Being living on the edge of of the, I'm going to go for optimizing force again. Like in that sense, that there's if if I tune in, there's always an available movement. There's there's always a, well maybe not all, but it, it, I guess the proviso is if if I tune in. If I'm present to the moment, there's always a poem. There's always a painting. There's always a dance. There's always, you know, an inquiry of some sort that moves. Right? So it's kind of like alignment with with the logos, the creative dynamism of being. And... And it's interesting, well, you, you know, Hamid says that the logos is really, well, he also says, anyway, he says a lot of different things. But the logos is kind of the primary um, force in this teaching.
2: Yeah.
1: I've certainly heard him say that. And anyway, that's sort of a sidebar because everything reminds me of the teaching at this point. But, um, yeah, so so the artist and there's a... Um, there's a sensitivity and a kind of transparency, in a sense, a kind of diaphanous um, way of being that is manifests in this location. And I associate that with, in a way, being aligned with the creative force because you have to be very, very open, very... Um, Available mm. to have have things move through you like that. Yeah.
2: Beautifully um, said. Beautifully said.
1: Mm, mm, thank you. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way before. Great mm. question. Mm-hmm.
0: And in terms of archetypes. <clears throat> My sense with anything that is manifest is that you could say there is a gift to an archetype, but there is also a shadow to the archetype. What would you uh, say is the gift and the shadow to that archetype for you?
1: Well, I just talked a lot about the gift, I think. Yeah. Which is the vessel for the creativity. And the shadow, of course, is thinking you own it. It's thinking that's me. I'm so special, right? This is the shadow of the four. Mm. Yeah, I'm so special. And and you can you can get um, entranced by the glamour of that creative process, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 appropriate it to your your ego, you know. That look at me, I can do this, and isn't this, this? Aren't I beautiful? And yeah. look at this product. I could just look at my painting all day long. Can't you? You know <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Or... Yeah. yeah yeah that's a real trap i think in the end i've heard him say that you know lots of artists work from their ego uh, and that, yeah from those that's how that comes down but i think yeah. that's it's very seductive to think you're doing it
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I guess the same can be said in a in a maybe a slightly different way for the for the athlete um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah how are you seeing <clears throat> mm
0: the appropriation definitely can happen in terms of achievement if there is achievement there can be an appropriation of the achievement of i did it right claiming this is this was i who did it and then um appropriating it in that way another one another one which is something one has to deal with is the kind of relentlessness and the pressure to to perform and the pressure to do well you can say, um, and the pressure to to be at your best uh, somehow, right? Yes. So, um, and then pushing the edge in that way. So the super can co-opt that force, obviously, and then one can have ego ego images, self images of. Yeah, of grandiosity that can be identified with and also when one is feeling down one can have yeah the the intensity of the superego hammering that because it's not doesn't fit with the ego ideal right so so it's a whole constellation that one has to deal with and this is where the practice of disidentification comes in and also the importance of really working with those structures to metabolize them and, and all of that. But that that's universal for all types, huh? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well put. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole competitive getting better than, yeah, and having your ego ideal, plus all those other people out there who are also cycling or weightlifting or whatever it is. And sure. yeah, yeah, getting activated in that way.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, competitiveness, yeah. comparison, all of that stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Very, Very wonderful. wonderful. Yeah.
0: Another question that I found okay. that you ex- expressed so beautifully, which I resonate with so deeply, and something I've been asking myself for years since I started yeah. this path of inquiry is, what is here? ah <laughs> <I> like that
1: <laughs> it's the best what is it what is it
0: <laughs> what is here yeah 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 mm.
1: yeah
0: how do so
2: well,
0: one yeah. question is is actually opening that question another is do you um, do you feel that you're applying that in a conscious way uh, or con- consciously still in your everyday life is that something you're asking yourself throughout your day how do you apply that and 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 what's actually happening for you in terms of that
1: mm-hmm. yeah I definitely apply it every day and I really related to what you were saying about how you know some days are you know you really present and some days you're not some. Ours are really just alive and some are kind of confused and muddy. And so it is that question is the the best possible question to ask. And I ask it a lot. And I ask it when, not always, but the, the cue for asking the question is when I feel Like I'm not, I'm not here when I feel like I've been um, kind of immersed or taken away by um, an aversive kind of feeling, right? When I feel uncomfortable, when I feel depressed, when I feel afraid, when I feel rejecting, right? those are all reminders to say, you know, hello to whatever is here. Because so many of those aversive to use that kind of Buddhist term. Um, um, I'm not sure what I was gonna say. But the, they're, I mean in a way they that's that's their bright side, right? Because they don't feel good and they invite us to be awake. And at least at this stage in my practice, that's how it is. And I, you know, it wasn't always like that. I mean, I was, you know, pretty typical for, you know, wallowing in my. You know, it's all so <laughs> difficult. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I love that. I love
0: the way you express that. <laughs> 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 beautiful 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 yeah, yeah. this is an yeah. archetypical archetypical yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: <Yeah. you know? laughs> exactly i'm still in distress yeah yeah totally
0: totally yeah Such a, there's uh-huh. there's like this really i mean beauty to that as well It's just i mean
1: yeah yeah, yeah
0: so human <laughs> so human yeah 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 so human
1: yeah yeah and really all those things you're really just it seems sounds so simple you're looking for love
2: yeah
1: you're just looking for love i want somebody to take care of me mm-hmm. you know just like mommy did or whoever it was yeah uh, I Be held yeah it's all weird yeah yeah where yeah. yeah, i'm be soothed Yeah, so, and that's kind of where, you know, when we ask, where am I in those difficult places? It seems like usually, if we go deep enough, there's that, that child who wants, who's, who needs, who needs to be seen, held, loved. Mm. Mm. And then the compassion comes or whatever. Comes that is the right thing.
0: How would you describe mm, the process of one way of looking at it is working with that child, one way is looking is meeting that child, one way is putting it is. Um, dealing with that child, you know, so um, one can talk about it in different ways. Like, how, what is your relationship with that process?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's one of the key, key, key questions, of course, in, in our work, and particularly if you're, um, you know, working with somebody, and and very much when you're working with yourself. Um, I'll just tell you something I did recently that was so miraculously effective in working with my own inner child and still got plenty left. You know, Hamid, maybe you don't know, but Hamid gave a three-day uh, teaching on sleep yoga and he encouraged people to um, work with their dreams. And you know, I've worked with my dreams before, and I'd gotten to a place of, okay, I have dreams like this. But the real common thread of most of my dreams was um, a kind of agitation to get somewhere else, and not able to get somewhere else. So you're familiar with like the frustrating object relation, right? There's the, the desired object, there's little you, and you're constantly trying to make it but you can't quite make it you're frustrated right my dreams were like that and I my thought was well you know once I get more enlightened my dreams will change so I'm not really I don't have to work with my dreams anymore that's just you know it's going to take care of itself right okay so there's some need saying you know you should work with your dreams there's something really key in your psyche that your dreams are are you know manifesting or showing you okay so um on the advice of one of my beloved inquiry partners i did a gestalt practice like an empty chair practice if you know what that is like i put the dream me the one who inhabits the dream the one who's frustrated i put her in a chair and i put the me in another chair like me right now, my physicality. And I talked to the dream child, really. And I was so out of touch with her. Like that was the first thing I said, I'm really out of touch with you. I don't really feel like you're me. I don't really feel like I know anything about you. I don't really understand you. I'm happy, I'm contented, my life is simple. I've got everything I need. I don't, you know, what are you about? I went into the other chair, and I started to sob. There she was, in all of her pain. And so that all just came through. And then the dialogue was sort of you know the one who knows the me you know the teacher the diamond approach teacher who has a lot of truly has a lot of wisdom holding her and and hearing her all her fears her doubts her frustrations and the and it was really quite amazing because this part the little frustrated part could hear it was, could hear and be held and feel the wisdom that was, that it over time, you know, accreted or, uh, you know, had had appeared here. And was, he, that was about a month ago maybe. And my dreams are completely different, literally. I haven't had those frustration dreams since I've had, you know, my dreams are not full of, you know, roses and, but there, but I'm, I know what I want. I'm with other people. I'm determined. I'm whatever, you know, it's like, so there's an example. It's a very dramatic example, but it's really about fully encountering the child with real direct Open heart, open mind, and a real presence that wants to know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it surprised me. <laughs> Ooh,
0: dang. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> So <laughs> um, my initial response to this well, oh my goodness there's a whole new uni universe that's opening up here with the with that recommendation because i've been thinking you know I right, let me just sleep through huh when <laughs> <I mean, like, laughs> it comes to dream i do so much work in everyday life you know what i mean let's let's
1: exactly just like let's sleep it.
0: through the night huh <laughs>
2: <laughs> good <ahead. laughs>
0: that's one and then because i remember at some point in my life i started writing down my dreams and my dreams get, get, got more vivid i slept had less REM sleep where i was just out gone um and there was more dreaming that took place And i was like no no, no 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 i i you know i want my <laughs> i want my sleep huh yeah so this is yes. one thing and and recently actually i've been having i've been having a fair bit of uh nightmares or not nightmares i think that is a, a bit of an extreme word but but heavy dreams huh yeah. terror, ter, terror based dreams let's put it that way
2: huh yeah.
0: and and i i do see correlation between eating meat and having those dreams i must say i do think I, there may be a correlation generally i don't eat much meat but over the last week is easter time i've been eating way more meat than i usually do
2: um, there
0: may be a linkage there huh mm-hmm. and some people mm-hmm. have said that now
1: yep.
0: all that said I was very touched by her story and, and I can relate because I feel that there is this, my, my dream child is also okay. neglected, deeply neglected, right? So your sharing was a transmission and an opening for me of, of, of that relationship. I haven't really re- even considered that really.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, I'd left it behind. I just thought, well, you know, it's going to take care of itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. I thought so too, you know. (laughs) Uh, This, and and this activates. Okay. Okay. So I really need to reintegrate. I need to integrate that practice. I really need to to integrate my dreams now. Uh, So this is, this is, this is massive actually.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's not like dream analysis, you mm. know. That maybe you know something about where you. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of ways to do dream analysis and understanding. It's it's literally inhabiting, you know, the wazi who's in the dream yeah. and speaking to him, mm. our mature um, being. Mm-hmm.
0: And is in in the teaching was it is the, the because the practice you just shared was from Gestalt, but was it the same practice that Hamid shared about, or is it a different? No,
1: different. Hamid, Hamid, I didn't share any practice. All Hamid said was, "You should your dreams are worth looking into; they're part of your psyche. Okay. You should be with your dreams." Yeah, no, no, no practice.
2: I see. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, He was more emphasizing the the fact that in our deep sleep, I'm not sure whether it's theta or anyway, the very, very deepest sleep, that that's a state of consciousness. And it's actually an absorption into the absolute, like into yeah. the, the into source and that it's deeply refreshing. And that's one reason why we sleep mm. and that everybody experiences that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. That's
0: been my sense. So that makes total sense. Um, Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, that whole question of how do we work with our with our inner child is it's it's a profound question. Mm. And of course, virtually every session, you know, that's that's happening in one way or another. That is, you know, for years, actually. Yeah, for most people. Yeah. <clears throat> mm.
0: yeah. Wow. So
1: fascinating. Mm, it is. And that's one of the great virtues of the Diamond Approach, which is often said, you know, that we use the psychological understanding from the last, you know, 100 and so odd years to open up our spiritual life.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Where wow. are you going? Huh? <laughs> i said i swear you were going you were going into a yeah
0: so going two places <laughs> one, one one was i mean I, i'm bringing into parallel inquiry here this uh, like uh, really, okay. So this dream universe—how uh, to how to navigate that basically. So that's one parallel thing I'm going to take with me, and and really allow to simmer and and, and mature over time. And and but there is an openness to it now. In the, in in a the different, there is a different type of openness to that that notion, that that dimension, that realm. Um, mm-hmm. After having spoken with you, yeah. Mm. And then the parallel process was, let's play your song.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Are you up for that?
1: Sure, I love that song.
0: a little dance
1: yeah really great yeah i love that song <laughs> you dance too
0: yeah 100 yeah, i mean uh-huh. the african the african vibes coming into this space as well huh
1: <laughs> uh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah just beautiful just beautiful i just it always it just it just begins and i want to just like celebrate right it's the joy like that that song is pure joy Mm.
2: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. pure joy i hear you
1: yeah yeah
0: um
2: yeah
0: yeah it's a lot of people that i speak with uh, do really tap into that joy or or a sense that kind of joy also emanating from the African continent, that there is like a root joy that comes yeah, to yeah. expression, particularly in you know, that is particular to the Africans. And also that can kind of spread out and we all can experience and actualize and so forth. But that has an origin in the African mm-hmm. continent, it seems like.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the beats. You know that that whole the way things just move through the body—it's just very (laughs) fantastic. Yeah, and I'm curious about your name. Is that an Egyptian name, or I looked it up, but I couldn't quite tell. And are you an uh, African in origin, or
0: yeah? So I'm half from Senegal, ah, and half from Norway.
1: Oh, I see. That's why you're from (laughs) Norway. Yes, I'm born
0: and raised in Norway. Uh Uh-huh. But I've been to Senegal many times growing up. And Mm -hmm. the name Wazi is actually an Arabic name. Um, Yeah. And it stems from, it's actually a, so my full name, my birth name is Asan Magnus Mm -hmm. Wad-Olen. And then the Wad, um, the Wad transformed into Wazi. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Wazi as a, Kind of?
1: Huh?
0: Kind
1: of a nickname? Or... Yeah, as
0: a kind of a nickname that came out of Wazi. So, originally growing up, I was called Assam. And some people called me Magnus, the very few, some of my school teachers, (laughs) because I grew (laughs) up in a Norwegian country and and that's the name that, oh, I know this name. (laughs) The other one, how how do I pronounce this? So, and then when I moved abroad, then um, the Wade became Wazi. And Mm. since then, I've been going by Wazi. Yeah. But my, yeah, you, my parents called me Asan. Awesome.
1: Ah, yeah, they're very different in feel, aren't they? Those very two different. names. Very yeah. Different. Do you feel that you relate to both of them in <clears throat> some way that they both represent or resonate with your who you are?
0: Yeah, I would say so. <clears throat> in terms of the name that I feel <clears throat> expresses who I am most where I am today is Wazi. Asan is, I mean, my full name is there to my heart. I really love that name. Um, yeah. And it, it's connected to my ancestry and my origin, you could say so that that is the that is the gravity and the the weight that it has for me.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a real sobriety to it. It does. Mm -hmm. it does well
0: said very well said Mm
1: -hmm. very well yeah Yeah. that's part of it too
0: (laughs) yeah yeah wow fantastic so what would you say inspires you in life like what is when do you get inspired what do you find inspirational
1: wow so many things um and I did, it was one of the list of questions that you you forward as part of the, you know, the Pearl Dialogue process. So I did, did think about it a bit. And really what I, the first thing, and I know it sounds so, um, I get really inspired by watching teachers work, not so much the presenting, yes, but when they are interacting with a student, like the Q&C or a small group. And it's. It, and what it, it why I, I find it very inspiring, because um so often there's like there's the spark, there's the spark of transformation and presence and movement, you know uh, uh, that optimizing force is is right there and it's it's in both it's in the dialogue itself, and the student is open, the teacher is is touching just that spot kind of thing that is ready to 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 reveal itself, and then there's another and another and I find that just I just find that absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. and and it is inspirational because it says something very. Very profound about the nature of—I'm um, going to use that word again—reality, that there is that that ever floweringness to it. I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuckness, there's a whole lot of pain and suffering, but this particular method of 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 inquiry really inspires me. <laughs> I really. I really love it, and I listen to it a lot. Like I'm, I'm, I get the recordings from probably about six different groups. I don't listen to all of the retreats, but I listen to a lot of it, and I really love the the Q and C and how that that work works. Yeah.
0: What a gift. Yeah. Sharing that. I mean, what a gift that you're sharing that. You know, Uh and that that angle. I think it's a very Generous and and luminous angle on 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 the Q and C. That's just my sense of it. Huh?
2: Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I guess right now also, I'm I'm inspired by spring. There's something about the new growth. You know that just that it's. Where does it come from? I mean, I know there's a whole bot- botanical process that we understand to some degree, but man, what a miracle. Mm. Just Whoa, step by step, this burgeoning greenness and blossoms, and it's really happening here, and it's the beginning. And the beginning of spring is my favorite time of spring. Well, it's not my, it's just, it's one of the best times, right? Because it's all just starting. <clears throat> Yeah, and there's yeah. that anticipation also that it's going to get woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's
2: going to get woo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful,
0: wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm inspired by another thing too. You asked me the wrong question, but <laughs> in the ah! sense of so much, there's so many answers. But I did want to share this one, which is I'm really inspired by all the. I know this could sound really strange, all the brilliance on the internet, like all the people that we can listen to, all the access to like Thomas Ubel or Hamid or, and there are a number of really amazing thinkers out there who are really grappling with, you know, the existential Risks that we're in as a planet, and they're doing so from a place of enormous heart and intelligence and deep, deep learning. And uh, yeah, I'm very inspired that there are humans like that, mm. and that that we can all and it, me in particular, because, but you know, can can just sit in my living room and be showered with this um, all these different views that are. Taking things further and showing more and teaching us. Yeah.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear you.
1: Mm Yeah. Are you kind of involved in the of course? You work full time, I think, and you probably don't have a lot of time to sort of linger over podcasts. Mm,
0: part time, part time. I do. I work. Yeah. I okay. do have okay. time. Uh, it goes in phases for me where I suddenly and, and, and this is guided by uh, as well. I mean, something comes in, it has a relevance and then I my being gets activated. And then yeah. some teacher will be very relevant for me, and I will receive the teachings, really work with it, write notes, grapple with it, uh-huh. integrate it,
2: uh-huh. <clears throat> experience the yeah.
0: expansion. And then, when I feel I've exhausted that uh, that that particular subject, then mm-hmm. it. It, it kind of integrates and, and I move on. And, and genu- generally then I'll just continue my thread with diamond approach, you know, reading the books again, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> the diamond approach is the golden thread, you know, the red thread that goes through it all.
1: Yeah, 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 same for me, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry I made that assumption that you were working full time. I know that, I think you mentioned it in one of the broadcasts that you were a teacher.
0: True. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full time, part-time. Um, I'm working that's part-time. Good. It's like, you know, up and down, a little bit more here, a little bit less there. So it's it's fluid. It's fluid. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. good. Yeah. But
0: I work every day. Uh-huh. Monday to yeah. Friday, that is.
1: Right, exactly. You, you <laughs> is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been even more than I, I've been really looking forward to meeting you and talking to you. So it's been, it's, it's, and I don't know whether we're ending or what we're doing, but I just wanted to tell you that's it been delightful for me
2: Yeah. and
1: to be seen and appreciated and also to share and to learn to be with you, just be in contact, just to let things develop and move and flow. Yeah. Really nice.
0: Yeah. 100% neutral, huh? <laughs> that's, it's been a delight. And I was very much looking forward to this myself. And at the beginning, we were thinking, okay, let's see what your nature manifests. And here we are, huh? <laughs> we, we can now uh, really look back and say, okay, yeah, wonderful. I think that's great. <laughs> I think it was beautiful, bright, wonderful. Um, I'm really... Full. I feel a sense of fulfillment from from yeah. conversation with you. It's uh it was really rich, and there was, I mean, I feel the the essence of it, and uh, there is a lot of brightness. Uh, that's that's my sense of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, me too, me too. Very bright, very
0: yeah, like the the liquid light, eh? The liquid light. <laughs> <laughs> With bursts of laughter and joy, and you know, weaving in the beauty and the, and the, um, that's one thing that I really appreciate to really bring this animation of alive, um, meaning the, the vessel. And, and I mean, the word that comes is drama, but it's not drama as so such. It's more like a, a way of like filling out one's consciousness and really bringing that sense of authenticity to expression and allowing oneself to to really come full forward and and be responsive and 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 bring out the juices you know what
2: i mean <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah i know exactly what you mean my my teacher my first private teacher she used to say the juice is loose you know that expression right the juice yeah. is loose. I've never heard
0: that, but I like it. I I can relate. I I, I definitely <laughs> resonate. Yeah, the juice is loose. The juice has been
2: loose. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Uh
1: uh-huh. Okay. Well, I wish you all the very best, and so thank you for both this encounter and and your your pearl dialogues. May they live long and prosper. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. And thank you to all the listeners. Wonderful to have you with us. You're not watching this in real time obviously, but uh yeah. I you listen to the end.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, thank you.